Welcome to another special episode of Caffeinated Living, and this one is special. I am Kyle. And I'm Rob. And we're back at it with episode number 15, man. Episode 15. Woohoo! Man, that's hard to believe. It, yeah. We say that every time. Well, but... I know. I, we say that every time. We apologize. But it is. It's hard to believe. Like, the more episodes we're doing, I just find it hard to believe. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know when that's going to settle in. Maybe, like, 50 is when we'll feel... I pray it never settles in. Okay. I'll I take pray that. It never settles Stay in. Stay humble, right? Yeah. Stay so, humble. Yes, this is episode 15. This month we have been doing uh, pastor appreciation. And tonight, or today, this episode, we have brought on one of our dearest friends in the ministry, Mr. Jaron Street. And so it, it's going to sound a little different. Yeah. Uh, we brought him on via Zoom this evening. So. Up front, we do want to apologize for a little technical difficulties tonight. Internet was not being our friend at certain spots, but uh, still pray that you receive a blessing out of this episode. And man, just some of the things that Jaron shares was he just... He is wise beyond years. He is. I mean, he's he, like, what, 28? And he, mm-hmm. he speaks like he's a uh, 28-year pro. I mean... Yeah, he. I mean, you you hear him speak. He acts like he's been doing this for yeah. years. Yeah, we're excited for you guys to hear this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we can't wait to see what God does through it. Jeremy, just uh, share a little bit about where where you're currently serving and how long you've been there, and a little bit of testimony and. How you deserted youth ministry and led and left to go be a lead pastor? You know we can. Uh... You left the state completely. <laughs> well, you might have to jog my memory on that whole list as I work through it. But yeah, I'm here at First Baptist Church in Rural Mountain, Tennessee, just like five miles across the state line. So I'm out of state, but I'm right next to the state, and you know I get to go down and, and visit the grandparents, my parents and my wife's parents, the, the kids' grandparents, uh, ever so often. So thankful not to be too far away from home, but have been here for just over five years. A very wow. rural area, small community. We've got an elementary school that's K through six and has in grades K through six, just a few hundred students. And then our our junior high and high are combined into one school, grades seven through 12. And wow. I think graduating class is normally around 50 to 60 students. So cool. small area, uh, I think about 3,000 homes or residential addresses here, but a uh, beautiful, beautiful area nestled here in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, of course, the Appalachian Trail goes right by here. And so a lot of people come to visit, a lot of people come to hike. And believe it or not, a lot of people moving into this area from all over. I think over the last five years, we've had, you know, close to 50 people that's joined the church just from moving into the area. Uh, we've we got three families that's been coming since we started back from COVID that, again, moved into the area from uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina. Got a family from California. Wow. Family has moved here from down towards Wilmington. So, that's awesome. I love being up here. It's, and it's I, for some reason, I don't know how people hear about Rome Mountain, Tennessee, but for it's some reason, California. people <laughs> are moving and coming. Yeah, all the way from California. It's crazy. So uh, blessed to be here. Wonderful place. You know, my wife and I excited for the opportunity to uh, have a family here in, in Rome Mountain and just a, a loving church family. We've uh, our daughters are absolutely spoiled. And so it means I have to come home and be the disciplinarian because our church family is so good to them. But uh, now, Jaron, oh, to that point, hold on a minute. Something tells me you are not the disciplinarian in your household. I, I can't see that. You know, the, some of the some of the sweet ladies at church tell me I give too many spankings. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I try to discipline, especially now, you know, one of them, Carlin is only six months old, so she don't have to be disciplined, but right. my, my two-year-old, she makes up enough for both of them. It's those terrible twos, I guess. Everybody talks about them, and turns oh, out they are true. They don't, they don't hit it, too. 
they don't hit it too. Wait till three and four. Yeah, it gets worse. Oh, don't tell me that. It gets, <laughs> it gets worse. We Harper, my daughter is three. We call her a three-nager because it's just, yeah, they start getting attitude like crazy. Oh, boy. Well, I guess we've got that to look forward to. And I, I keep telling the people at church that one day I'm just going to send her home with them since they keep, <laughs> keep spoiling her the way that they do. But, no, we, we love being up here. We've, you know, COVID is, has made things a lot different. We just this month have started uh, meeting back in person for all of our services and activities. It's awesome. We, for the longest, we, you know, from mid-March to mid-April or mid-May, we did nothing in person or on campus. Everything was online. And then starting mid-May, we went back to a Sunday morning service in person and kept that all the way till we started our small groups back up at the beginning of August. And then October, we started back our Sunday school and our Wednesday night to go with that. So mm -hmm. it, it just, you know, COVID, COVID changed a lot of plans. We were... Uh, looking forward to a whole lot this year and all about all of that's been changed and you know there's been some good that's come out of it and there's been some some things that uh, we were excited about and just just going to miss out on this year but maybe next year so uh, that's where I'm at here in in Rome Mountain uh, what was the what was the next thing it's crazy that you've been there five years now, know. Man. so does that mean y'all been married five years now It'll be five years in December because I moved up here before you we got up married. Here right before y'all got married. Yeah, I moved up here in August of 2015. So this past August was my five-year anniversary. Wow. So. Man, that's that's crazy to think about. It is crazy. It does it seem like five years? In some ways, it doesn't seem like five years at all. But y'all know this, right? In ministry, there's other times that it seems like it's been a lot longer. So well, sure, and that's. But you know, that's just a part of it. There's some times that are difficult and that you wonder when you're going to get to that light at the end of the, the tunnel, so to speak. And then there's other times where you're like, man, this is going by way too fast. Yep. So, uh, the other, you know, those times where you're like, Lord, just relishing in, in the work that he's doing and enjoying the, the moment and wishing sometimes that it could slow down. So, there's, and that's going to be, I'm, I firmly believe that would be anywhere you go in ministry, you're going to have the, the times that go by way too fast, it seems like, and then the other times that you wish would go by faster. So uh, it's just a, just a part of the calling, I think. So, Jaren, you've been there five years because you're only, you're only at your other church with us down here. You're only at Penelope two, two years? Two, yeah, that's yeah. right. So in these five years, what would be, what would be one of your biggest blessings or one of your biggest surprises that's turned that, that you've seen there? <sighs> that is a, a good question. I would <laughs> say, you know, there, there's several that come to mind is why I say that, you know, we, when I moved up here, there was uh, about two families with children and students in the whole church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tonight we just had a, a group of students and children's ministry going on and in different places tonight. And you could hear them down the, from down the hall in the sanctuary while we'll, while we were going through Bible study and the, uh, you know, the wonderful privilege of, of getting to see young people make a profession of faith in Christ and to baptize them. We've got three more right now that we're getting ready to baptize. And so that is always, always a joy in ministry. You know, we took a, a mission team to Guatemala last year and uh, it was awesome. I mean, to, to see the Lord, the church had never sent a mission team out, out of the country. Wow. And so to, to take a team of 15 people and to see 38 professions of faith down awesome. there and uh, to help through a medical clinic. We took a, uh, we've got a, one of my deacons is a, a medical doctor. He went with us and we did a medical clinic for, I think, 400 and some people that week, able to help there and uh, 
it's just wonderful. I mean, we took some some of our students got to go and you know seeing the Lord work in their hearts uh, over that week, and not just our students, everybody, mine included. That was one of the highlights, uh, you know, in the five years that I've been up here for sure. Um, and and just seeing the way, uh, seeing the way the Lord has taken all these people from way outside of Rome Mountain uh, to bring them in and to see brothers and sisters in Christ move here and to have a heart for the community uh, that they are just now getting planted in. And to, you know, to see them start to mesh uh, with with our church family that's that's here and has been here for such a long time. You know, it's a blessing to see how God sends pieces to the church body, sends specific brothers and sisters with specific gifts to a local body uh, to meet needs that either you knew you had and have been praying for God to send, or you had no idea you had a need there until God sent the answer to that need. And you're like, huh. I'm glad, God, that you knew exactly what was going on, even though I was missing it completely. So that's always a, a blessing as well to see. And that's just sovereignty. I mean, yeah, you think about how people from Florida, Kentucky, Washington, D.C., Arizona. It's uh, good. So, Jaron, what what do you see? Because th- th- this is where you're, you're unique, I guess, with between Kyle's pastor and, you know, with Pastor Scott. What has been unique? I'll say, I'll, I use the word unique. What's been unique about your transition from being a youth pastor to now being a lead pastor? You know, and I would, uh, let me preface it by saying this one of the things that made it so unique was transitioning at a young and in some ways inexperienced age. Hmm. Uh, you know, especially thinking, you know, Rob's the old guy out of our group of three <laughs> amigos that used to be uh, just the, the experience and the wisdom that you had there from time in the ministry. I would say, you know, a transition for you would be, having a lot more that you could take with you to start off on the new journey. And I thought that I had plenty of experience and and education to draw from, but it has just been such a huge learning experience. Uh, And there are times where I battle with thinking, you know, there are areas in youth ministry that I felt like I was a lot more comfortable with and a lot better suited for by God's plan and wisdom uh, than what I was in coming in, trying to learn and to lead at the same time. So the unique side of it was, it's just a different, it's a different perspective. I mean, it, it you've got that same, same principle of the role that you want to shepherd and you want to care for people, right? You want to teach and disciple them, but it's—I don't know—I just did not foresee it being as big of a change as it as it turned out to be. I guess, yeah. You know, and so I've done a lot of learning. Uh, there have been times where I've thought, man, I just like to go teach the youth tonight on a Sunday night or Wednesday <laughs> night, or man, I just like to go on the youth outing this evening and, and to be there. And, uh, you know, during COVID, one of the blessings of COVID for us up here was because we went to doing everything online there for a time, we changed our youth meetings to being on Thursday nights. And so I was able to jump on with them over zoom for youth meeting, but it still, it wasn't the same. I mean, we enjoyed it, but it wasn't the same, but the youth started meeting back in person sooner than, the rest of our congregation did. And so I got to go and, and be with them for some of their, their Sunday night times. And I just like, I remember those days, you know, I, I remember <laughs> these times and just enjoyed it. Oh my goodness. I, I my leader sat up there in the front and teaching. They said, do you want to teach tonight? I'm like, nope, I'm going right back here and was sitting in the middle of the students and I'm just going to enjoy this. And uh, it, I miss it in some ways. I really do miss it. But 
it has been such a huge learning experience for me and what I thought I was, you know, I was ready to just, as the saying goes, grab by the horns and, and to, to move forward. I've, I've seen how much I was, I still had to learn and still have to learn. So, uh, okay. but it's, you know, so then what would be, is there anything from your time in youth ministry that helped prepare you for where you are today? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, matter of fact, I would say youth ministry really helps you get a good grasp of being prepared to handle uh counseling and other opportunities other needs that arise even in uh doing like a lead pastor role because what you see in youth ministry uh, very very much so correlates to the needs and the hurt and the struggles uh, that come in with adults as well and so that prepared but i'll tell you one of the things that really helped me was our study that we had just between the three of us our time together where we'd meet and share burdens with one another and pray for one another and also learn together. I remember especially the time we was going through Paul Tripp's book on dangerous calling. Uh, that, that time right there, because what that's helped me to do is now I've got a group of, of pastors that we meet as well. Uh, matter of fact, we do a podcast on the Appalachian Baptist network and we have a good time together. Uh, guys, our age, I mean, it's, it's really awesome, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known my need for that if I had not experienced my need for it with you guys and our meetings that was taking place uh, when we were all down there together in Hickory. I mean, when I moved up here and left you guys, I really missed our time together, but I really missed those times where we could share burdens right. and cares with each other and encourage one another uh, and and that told me, I knew when I got here, I've got to find some other brothers in Christ like that, that we can can share what we're going through, that we can pray for one another, and, and people that's going to be able to speak wisdom and truth into yeah. the situation. Absolutely. So, We've been on the sure table happened. for that all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's like every episode that comes back up, but it, it wasn't some big fancy thing that we had to just put out there. It was like, Hey man, you want to go to Bojangles today? And we just talked and yep. you mentioned Paul Tripp's book, dangerous calling. And it, I don't know about you. And I think you would agree with this, but it was like every chapter in that book that we walk through one of us experienced <laughs> what was going on. Without was a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, as a preacher, you hear people all the time say that message was for me. And like, we're going through that study. I'm like, yep, that chapter's, that's, that's me right now. That's exactly, exactly the word that I need to be hearing from the Lord and uh, exactly the, the teaching and the exposition from his word that just like the Lord's just, I know what you're going through. I am providing for you. I've got you. And, and that, listen, I don't think that would have been anywhere near as fruitful and beneficial if we had not gone through it together. 100%. I mean, I think if we'd have been doing that on our own, it would have been good, but I think the community, the brotherhood there, uh, is what God just used it. I know He did in my life. He sure He used yeah, it definitely. greatly, and uh, that right there was a huge, huge uh, learning ex experience for me, and a a good piece of what I knew I needed to also have in in moving up here. You know, an hour and a half away, but to a new area with people that I didn't know new association and a group of pastors, new pastors that I didn't know. Hmm. So. Um, all right. Now, Jaron, this, this might sound kind of cheesy. Well, I'm going to say this. I, I, I don't, I can't think of a better way to explain it. So just bear with me for a minute. A lot of what you were saying, you think about that, that was, that was what, six, six years ago? It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. yeah. Six, seven years ago, somewhere in, in that time frame. Yep. You were brand new at your at that church, and Kyle was still. I think we started around the same time. 
Yeah, I think it was pretty close. I mean, y'all were yeah. still – so, again, I'm not trying to be cheesy about it, but you don't understand. Everything you just said, everything Kyle just said, it, it does my heart good right now mm. Mm. because that's what I love about ministry. Yeah. Is the fact that here are – and I'm gonna call I'm gonna call y'all youngins for a minute because that, that's my that's my old man terminology. Uh, but no, here it was. You're you're both brand new in these churches. You're dealing with issues, but different different issues. Right. Mm. Had God not put it, brought us together, it kills me to think that y'all would have been battling all those things on your own. Yeah. And so many times. That that ends up leading to not not so much depression, but isolation. Almost isolation. Yeah, that's yeah. a better word. And, and, and let's be honest, depression can come from that. Yep. Sure, I mean, from that sure, isolation. Yeah. I mean, that next step starts taking you down that road that uh, so many pastors battle. Or it, it, it Satan begins to put the thought into your head that says am I really cut out? Am I really called to this? Yeah. Yep. You know, so yep. I, I, I say that because that, that really does encourage me to hear you say that, to hear Kyle say that, that y- y'all, y'all were, you've benefited from, from that, from accountability of having other people connected in your life. Yeah. You know? And, and not to make it any cheesier, but <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. I'm starting out. It was nowhere on my agenda to start meeting with other local youth pastors. Right. Uh, and so I think your experience there, Rob, and your wisdom, because, I, I mean, I know that you came and told me, hey, and you and you and Kyle already knew each other. I, I was kind of the, the new kid on the block a little bit, but you said, hey, we're going to get together. Why don't you come? And I never would have expected that. So I certainly never would have expect, expected to experience all that God did uh through that time together and and it was ministry that's what it was it was mm-hmm. it was uh, a group of brothers in christ young youth pastors and it was ministry that took place there and if you had not stepped through that door of opportunity that god put there you know i was so young i would not have figured that out i mean i, I would not have approached you guys i, I just I'd never seen it done that way before and so you coming and saying, hey, we need to do this, uh, was God using you in that moment, and he used you in a way that, I mean, we had no idea what was coming. I know I had no idea the times and the difficulties and the challenges and the changes that would come with ministry, uh, but God did, and he put us together for such a time as that. He really hmm. did. Hmm. So, All right, I, switching directions here for a second. Talking about You've been talking about learning experiences, all right? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a long time, but we did start around the same time. I can still picture going into your church for Easter one time. And the first time I ever met you, you were like in a purple shirt with a bow tie. I just remember that. I don't know why, <laughs> but you and I, that's like, true. We, I was in that. I was in that. <laughs> we, we've come a that's long true. way together, but where I'm going with that is, how has being a new dad, relatively new dad, like you've got a two-year-old, but how has it been balancing fatherhood and the pastorate? How has that been challenging, rewarding, and everything in between? It, it's definitely been challenging. Yeah. Uh, and again, like you said, learning experience. I mean, there have been, you know, and I thank God again for the people that he's put even, even in our church family. And so my chairman of deacons said, come up to me just a few months after Hannah had been born. Uh, matter of fact, we had, had just had a funeral and a graveside service for one of the most precious church members I've ever served with. She was an absolute wonderful, wonderful sister in Christ. And, you know, times like that, it, it's hard because you're like, man, I'd love to have a church church full of so-and-so. Yeah. And then the Lord calls them home and you're like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, he's, Lord, do you know how bad this hurts? You know how bad they're going to be missed? My chairman of deacons, point, we were still in the, in the cemetery. And my chairman of deacons pulled me aside and he said, he said, Pastor, you know, I love you. And I said, I, I know you do. He said, so I just want to 
speak to you a, a word of advice. I said, okay. He said, you're putting a lot of hours in in ministry. He said, I think you need to be putting more hours in with your family. Mm-hmm. And so a learning experience, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and he was right. He was exactly right. And so what, you know, what I've realized is every, you know, it's, it's got to start in the home for the pastor. You know, God is, God has called you to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And he has called you to be a spiritual leader and, and a father to those children. They are a blessing from God. Uh, both of my two little girls in this living room in here are blessings from God. And there is no higher calling uh, than being uh, the husband and the dad that you're supposed to be in Christ. And as you, as you begin to see God work and use you there, it makes the ministry that's taking place at the church. Uh, the burden feels so much lighter, but it's so much easier to see the joy yeah that's taking place not only in your life in the ministry but in the lives of your brothers and sisters in christ at that church it's like you know it's like you just feed the joy you just feed off of that joy amongst one another in a church family and i think the church when they look at a pastor and see uh the burden and the weight and he's missing uh, like i was missing the time that i I should have been putting more in with, with my wife and, and the one little girl at that point in time. Uh, I think it begins to impact them as well. But when, when you have, you know, have been refreshed in a time of, of joy and worship and just love with your family, uh, and you take that into or that goes with you into the ministry amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, I think it makes a huge difference not only for you, uh, but for the congregation as well. Um, but it is, listen, ministry uh, will take every bit of the time that you give it. I mean, and it'll keep asking for more, uh, but it it doesn't come before uh, the ministry you're supposed to have at home. It doesn't come before your family. And that's been a, I'm still learning that. I mean, I, I could, if I sat here and said that I had that figured out today, I would not, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be honest. I mean, that would not be the truth. I'm still learning that. uh, But the more I grow in that, the more I realize, man, God is, God's grace is amazing in, in the gift of of the family that he gives you and in the opportunity that you have to uh, pour into the lives of your children and to let them know that there is a God who made them and a God who loves them and they'll not find rest until they rest in knowing him as Lord and Savior of their lives. So uh, you, you, have to, you have to set that boundary. You have to make it a priority that I'm going to give my family and my kids the time uh, that they deserve and the time that they need. So it's, and I still, I mean, so my chairman of deacons told me that, six months after Hannah was born and then I just had a a lady here at the church that I her and my wife are super close but she is a wonderful sister in Christ as well she told me uh, not long after Carlin was born Carlin six months old she said uh, what time you been getting home in the evenings (laughs) I'm like well visits have been taking longer than expected she said well those visits will be there you make sure you're getting home to them girls like you're exactly right (laughs) she got those toes didn't she (laughs) <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> no, I mean, but Jaren, on one hand, man, I mean that's that's beyond a blessing. Yeah, that people in your church are they realize that? Oh, with that, I, yeah, dude. Yep. I mean, that's yep. I'm not saying it's unheard of, right? But, but it's, it's not common. You're right. right. You're exactly right. And you have, and and what that tells me is that those people willing to speak in your life like that love you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they didn't love you, they would not come and, and have that conversation with you as their pastor. Right. When they come and have that conversation, that is God's grace. And it's coming through and being poured through the love of a brother or sister in Christ. And they really want not only what's best for the church, they want what's best for, for your family too. Uh, and, and that's where you gotta be careful because, uh, 
man, there will always be needs as far as your church family goes. I have found that out. There will always, mm -hmm. always, always be needs. And if you don't see that your family has needs as well, you'll get so wrapped up in everybody else's needs and you'll miss what what God is calling you to do and the priorities that he's put there with your family. So, and that's not easy to do. I mean, like I said, I'm still learning, but it, it is something that is worth uh, learning and enjoying because God always knows best. Hmm. That's good. That's, I mean, to think that, all right, just random thought for a minute. Do you know who, what the longest tenured pastor at that church has been? Have, have you looked back at the records? I have looked back at the records and I'm, I'm trying to remember that exactly. Here's, here's what I do know. Years and years ago, there were some pastors, I think, 10, 12 years. Uh, okay. But when you average out the entire life of the church and how many pastors have been there, the average is five years. Hmm. Because I, I, you know, in looking back through that, I remember thinking that like year three, three and a half, uh, man, if, if I go by the average, it's only a year, year and a half to go from what most guys have experienced. So, so here's what here's what I take away from that from what you just told us. These people not only care about the church that they're at, I mean obviously they do. They've you know, maybe some of them grown up there, they've they've been long-term members. Right. But they're invested in you and Carly. Oh yes. yes. That 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 shows me that they care about y'all, that they don't yes. want you to be that fifth year guy, boom, you're gone again. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt, uh, and that man, there's a lot of guys that don't get to experience that in in churches, and so we count it as a blessing every day for the good uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that we have in our church family that that love us and encourage and support and have been patient. I mean, you know, I told you I have learned a lot and still have a lot to learn, but it is amazing um, how often God will just bring the right brother or sister from the church family to the office to drop a word of encouragement and to say, um, Pastor, we all got to learn. You know, all of us learn things and we all learn, they, we all learn something. As long as the Lord leaves us here, we should continue to be learners. Mm. And, uh, it's so freeing. It's so freeing to know that as a pastor, to, to know that, you know, as we're so oftentimes the church is known as being a, a group of people that judges and condemns and sends away at the mm -hmm. first, you know, the first thing they don't like, uh, to know that you're in a place where there are, are godly brothers and sisters that uh, are invested not only in the Lord's work, but are invested in how the Lord's working in their pastor and his family's lives. I mean, that, that's something we thank God for all the time because I know it, it's not that way in every church. Yeah. So speaking of, we've been bringing on pastors, our pastors, our friends, and obviously none of us are mega church pastors, and we're doing that for a purpose <laughs> and a reason. But I would say that none of us would be where we are without our wives. It is Pastor Appreciation's month, Pastor Appreciation Month, and we're going to kind of talk about this in our next episode a little bit. But what about you? What can you attribute to Carly and how much she does for you and does not not necessarily for the church because she's not hired by the church? But I think our wives a lot of times don't get the credit they deserve. Yeah, I. Man, I can't even put it all into words, yeah. all that she means uh, to me in ministry and even all that she means to our church in ministry. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I am thankful for. Our church does a good job at recognizing during Pastor Appreciation, Pastor Appreciation Month, uh, not only in, in being kind and generous to me, but also to my wife. Mm. Um, 
you know, we, we came back Saturday and there's a card sitting on her windshield, mm. uh, not signed, but a, a nice card and letter and gift there. Um, thanking not only me, but also my wife. And then she leaves the church this evening and there's another card on her windshield, not on mine, right? We had drove separate because <laughs> I had meetings, uh, just loving on her. And so yeah. she is, man, she, pastors' wives have to be strong. Mm -hmm. They And a lot of people don't recognize that, right? A lot of people look at pastors' wives as just the, the sweet lady who's always going to try to bring some humor, try and try to help with encouragement and, 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 and just to shine some light in some dark areas. But uh, there is a lot of strength uh, in a pastor's wife because they, they help uh, with the, the, just sometimes the burdensomeness of ministry in such yeah. a way, yeah. you know, and it's behind the scenes. Most people never know it. Yeah. Uh, but when, when I come home in the evenings, if it's been a hard day or things are just not gone as you'd planned or hoped or expected or times of, of grief because of, of, of losing a, a, a beloved church member and, you know, you, you want somebody to talk to when you come home in the evenings and she's just not only there to listen, but always there to support and to encourage. And that will... I don't know about y'all. I'd say probably the same way. That means more in the life of my ministry uh, than than about anything else that she could do. Just the way that she listens and encourages. And, and you know, when you start questioning things, she's the one that, that starts speaking uh, wisdom start speaking uh, a support and encouragement back in the situation where you realize, yeah, I need to get my head out of the grass because she's exactly <laughs> right. There's a big picture and a bigger perspective that so often just in the way that I'm geared, especially you can lose that, but that's probably true for every pastor in ministry. There are times that you can lose that big picture mentality because of everything that's going on around you everything that's being unloaded on you at church and, and you come home and when your wife's like yeah but that's not all there is right that, that's not all it is Darren what about this what about that you're mm -hmm. like you're right she's mm -hmm. exactly right and so she she means a lot to me but she means a lot to our church family too yeah. I mean she she jumps in and she serves uh, you talk about an example for wanting your, your church family to see in uh, people that are willing to serve the Lord and want to serve the Lord and want to help in areas that they can. And she jumps right in there, whether it's nursery work or it's teaching a children's class or filling in last minute for a youth teacher that's not going to be there, uh, helping in the music ministry. I mean, you name it. She she has a servant's heart, and that is uh, such a good witness and such a good example. Uh, not only for the church family as a whole, but especially for me in particular, because it reminds you why you're there, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I jokingly say, and I'll, I'll probably say this next week too, but I'll, I'll get ridiculed for it, but it's okay. She knows I love her. I, I, I jokingly say that there's two people that speak into a pastor's life. The Holy Spirit and the wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good there's, way to put it. <laughs> there, there's reasons that our wives are in our lives that nope. the Holy Spirit is the subtle voice we have. The, 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 the wife is that. You better stop there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dogging my wife uh, at all. Um, I, I love the fact that she can be brutally honest with me. Yep. I, you know, I love yep. that. Yep. What? And you, you know, you're, you're ready to hear it from her yeah. probably before you're ready to hear it from anybody else. Very well, true. I won't say I'm ready to hear it from her. <laughs> you accept, you accept how yeah. about this? You accept hearing it from her quicker, quicker yeah. than you Maybe would accept from hearing Maybe it from her. Maybe y'all do. <laughs> we are well, but the reason i say that is just because of the the unconditional love there yeah right i, get I mean that. there's something when she when she gives me uh something that she is right on and i'm wrong on there's just that peace in your heart that says 
She's not going to love you any less for it. But yeah. she is, matter of fact, she's sharing this with you because she loves you so much. Yep. Uh, and and that's how it works for me. So much. This is what I admire about pastor's wives. And a lot of people don't understand this. And if it doesn't make sense, I, I apologize. They have to guard their heart a lot more than we do. Because no, I would agree with that. They constantly have people, quote unquote, attacking their husband on how they're doing their doing their job, their ministry, their experience. Are they meeting expectations? Are they doing this? And I think there's a lot of things about a Proverbs 31 that God gives our wives a quiet spirit mm -hmm. because yeah. she deals. That, that's a mama bear. You know, you're, you're, you're attacking my husband there. I don't really. Right. Right. And she has to show a lot of forgiveness. And I, I admire that. in pastor's wives, I admire that in my own wife. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, and so let, here's a piece of advice. I told you we had a family, we've actually had a couple of families move from California. One of them that's just moved out here, he's been a pastor for 40 some years, uh, involved with church planning all over in Europe. Super, super smart guy. Uh, but he went out the first time he and I ever went out to lunch together, a few weeks after they had moved here. And he had started attending church out here at, at First Baptist. And, um, he said, he asked me this question. He said, how are you guarding your wife's heart? Hmm. So you talked about how the wife has to guard her heart when she does so much. But he said, how are you as the pastor guarding your wife's heart? I was like, what do you mean? Hmm. Never thought about that before. He said, well, if you're like me, he said, I started out pastoring when I was young. He said, young like you. He said, if you're like me, the temptation can be to come home in the evenings and to tell your wife everything that you've just dealt with right. and what you're going through at the church. He said, I, I used to do that. He said, but can I give you a piece of advice? He said, you need to focus on guarding your wife's heart by knowing that she doesn't need to hear every heartache that you've dealt right. with during that day. She just doesn't. She, I mean, not that you're keeping her out of the loop, not that you're keeping secrets from her, but that you are protecting her from having to deal with all the emotional stuff that you're going through on top of, like you said, Rob, everything else that she's already hearing and dealing with it from church and every other area of life for that matter. So, yes, a wife has got, a pastor's wife has got to guard her heart. But one of the things that I've learned recently, last two months, is that I need to do a better job at helping to guard her heart as well. Yeah. I, I fall short of that a lot of times. I know I do. Oh, so, I, I, I do. I mean, up until two months ago, I never thought about it that way before. Well, cool. So. Well, Jaron, thanks for uh, hopping on and joining us this evening. Yeah, uh, man. man, this is th th this has been fun. It's, it's, it's been more than fun. It's, it's, it's been a blessing. Um, well, I appreciate been, you guys. Refreshing. So I appreciate you guys inviting me to to jump on. I've enjoyed it. I I hate I did not get to get on the kickball field with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this Kyle, you can talk about summer. I, miss, time you I hate that anything. big time. <laughs> yeah, Rob won't let me talk about it on the podcast because every time I do, we end up losing. So. <laughs> If you've been following our kickball, we made it to the playoffs, which only four teams made it to the playoffs. And this is a little update for you, Jared. Made it to the playoffs, played the first game, and nobody scored for 12 innings. It was 0-0 for 12 innings. Rob That's a good game. the entire game. And the other team we were playing was nothing but athletes. You could tell they never played kickball, but they could run, they could catch. And we ended up losing. I mean, we just, yeah, tempers got a little heated for some calls that didn't go our way. And we ended up losing. And it probably is for best because the team we would have played in the championship would have probably ran over us. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. We were, we were the no, y'all wouldn't let them do that. Runs. Too competitive for that now. We were the only team to hold them under 10 runs. And to score more than one run on them. Listen, I stayed and watched some of that championship game, and they added like six players since we had played them. There ain't no way we would have won. <laughs> no, I can't. I, I disagree because here's the thing: we weren't anticipating on playing twelve innings. Yeah. I mean, you know, we 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 could have beat them. No, the team we were, we were a different team. <laughs> yes, we could have. 
I'm so, surprised that they were able to add to the raw. Anytime a team adds to the roster at playoff time, you know it's not good. It's oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And I didn't else. mention the team we played in 12 innings. You know, you're supposed to keep a lineup and keep cycling through it. We right. saw guys kick like five times in one inning. We're like, what? And some guys only kick like twice the whole game. Tell me how that works. Maybe it's a good thing I didn't get to play with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jared, I might have got I myself be, in trouble. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet, okay? We're, we're not really betting here if you're listening on this. But no. Um, what got me is that it, 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 it's a pro and a con for me that I know baseball and softball rules. Mm. the fact that they didn't stick to those yeah it 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 it, it ate at me you know i would have done the same to me yeah. so, especially somebody that's you grew up on the ball field like that you're coaching it you you would have understood it you, you'd have been yeah i, I would have not oh, done as good right. as you i wouldn't have been able to let it go so i would have gotten in trouble <laughs> before we do our draft real quick i just want to say just how much we appreciate you absolutely um, definitely how much you are taking time to serve the lord and I, I just want to tell you from my heart everything you have told us and everything we've heard i'm not surprised in the least right mm. no, knowing you and knowing your heart long before the Lord sent you on this journey to go be a senior pastor. I, I'm not surprised one bit. Yep. You're where you're supposed to be. You are. And that is more clear now than ever. Just hearing <laughs> your passion for it, man. You are where you're supposed to be. I With don't like I, that you're in another state, but that's okay. We, I was going to say, God's the, got the toughest you. part about it is being away from home. What You know, what I call home. This is home now, but... Right, man. I miss I miss the thing that I miss what we had in seeing each other every week, and uh, you know I just right. say thank you, but I I really I really believe that the Lord did more during our times together uh, than we'll probably ever know here on this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe that. Uh, I look back on uh, all that was going on, all the learning that we did together. And even now, I still see ways that God was preparing me and working in me through y'all uh, for moving here. And it's like, you know, even though that was six or seven years ago, you just see, like, man, I didn't realize that. Uh, hindsight, I guess, how the Lord was working and preparing and had no idea there. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the Lord continue to use you. I pray that... He will bless you there at First Baptist as well, and that your daughters will get to grow up there if 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 the Lord see if the Lord wills, you know. That's right. That's I, I right. think he has got you in a really good place. Yeah. Mm. And it seems like with really good people. It is. I, I, I pray that that's something that you don't take for granted every single day on special Monday mornings. You don't wake up and bang your head on the coffee table because it's monday morning and you're like oh right no you're right it, uh, we are blessed wonderful people i miss you guys uh and i i pray for you guys especially seeing like you know when something comes up on facebook from jana or rob tags kyle and something on facebook it, i let that be my reminder just to pray for you guys and uh pray for with, the work that y'all were doing with that jaren real quick and then we'll go into our draft do y'all remember, you're, you're talking about us going through Tripp's book there. Do y'all remember the first thing we ever did together? I don't. The only reason because about a month ago, or less than a month ago, it popped up on my memory, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I so forgot about that. You're talking about flag football? Nope. I don't know. Do y'all remember when we did the See You at the Pole Rally? The yeah. first year, and we yep. did it at, at Central. Oh, the second year we did it at Penelope. Oh, okay. First year we did it at Central, and you did that. You did the uh, devotion time. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, I think that. that was actually at Penelope because Kyle did the devotion. Yeah. At Penelope, I remember him teaching, 
Well, and, we, and we had to go inside because of the weather, I think, after we started out outside. Yep, yep. I remember that. Yep. yep Man, yep, I completely yeah. forgot about I, I it. I forgot yeah. about that. I yep. was thinking, I know the flag football. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking we went to Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, yeah, but that, that, that one popped up several weeks ago, wow. about the end of September, and I was just like, Man, I, I forgot all about that. Time flies. So, and that's been a long time ago. Yeah, it has been. It has wow. been, but not that long ago. You know, I mean. Right. So, all right, Jaron, this draft. I have no idea what I'm getting ready to do in this draft. Um, I've how, added a twist to it. So, okay, oh, explain your twist. So, in our last episode with Pastor Scott, we, we kind of, I don't know if this was in the episode or before the episode, but we talked about sports uniforms, some of the best, at least baseball uniforms. So we got the idea to draft the best sports uniforms. But the way we usually do it is you go, like, since you are a guest, we'll give you the first pick. Okay, so you'll pick, one of us will pick, and then the other one will pick. But the way we're going to do it is you have to select one of the four major sports okay so nba you got to pick an nba jersey an nfl jersey an mlb jersey and a college whether it's basketball or football uniform okay? just, just the team not like the actual player like the yeah. team like the team or a specific uniform okay yeah just a specific uniform it's got we got to paint a picture here since people were not doing it on video or anything but uh so you can pick, you can pick either one. There's some strategy here if you want to take the Red Sox before Rob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to think of which Red Sox uniform would have would have topped the list. Well, that's what I'm saying. So are we, are you going to do it that way? Yeah. So if best uniform, because if we were just drafting teams, I mean we could do anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. But what about if his best uniform is a 1977 Red Sox uniform, but mine would be like a 1960s. Okay, once that team is drafted, it's gone. Okay. Oh. Okay. And does it have to be professional only, or can you pick like a college football? Jersey? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's got it. You've got you can only pick one one baseball, one NBA, one NFL, NFL, and one and college. One college. So you're picking four picks. Okay. So. Right. For example, I guess so. Like your college, if you pick college basketball, then college football's out because that's your college. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, I got you. So oh, since you're our guest, do you want the first pick or do you want second or third pick? Oh. <laughs> Are we gonna do this like draft? So like, if I pick third in the first round, I get to pick first in the yep. second round. Yep. Snake style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, t I'll take the third pick on this first round. Okay. I'll give Rob the first pick. All right. Really? I have no idea what I'm uh Yeah, I was prepared to pick like individual jerseys, so I gotta think on this one. I know, right? We'll pick an individual jersey, but don't don't well, pick. see because my I mean my baseball jersey that baseball's gonna be that's that's gonna be my go to because that's like obviously but I'm torn. There's two jerseys that I'm really torn between and they were from the same era. Okay. It just depends which color I want to go with. Um, actually, I'm, I'm going to go with the, I think, um, we don't have an official statistician here, but I think it's the 76, 77. Wow, you know years. I'm not going to know years. I don't, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think they used them in 78. I'm pretty sure 76, 77. But it's uh, Cleveland Indians. It's They had um, the V-neck pullover jersey oh my goodness but they were red. they were red but they had the red pants okay but then like the how do you don't even remember this they had i don't either. cleveland across the name but it was like a off letter like it was, oh i, I have seen that font yeah, yeah it's like that old font it wasn't like the indian's font with the swoosh underneath yeah and they have a hat that's got like that and almost angled c yes yeah i've yes. seen that so that that, that would be my first pick Wow, that's your baseball pick. So you can't pick another baseball team. All right, my wow. I'm gonna second Which, pick. Hold on a minute. 
Okay. Of all things, that should really surprise you. That should really enlighten your heart right there that my first pick finally was something that was, you know. It still wasn't a good pick. But what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good one, but my second pick, I'm going NBA. Okay, since this is our 15th episode, I'm going to do it in, in honor. I'm not going to say in memory of, but he is retired now. In honor of Vince Carter, I'm going the Toronto Raptors – old school jerseys with a big dinosaur on it i think the purple mm. pur purple jersey with the big red raptor on it that's gonna be my nba pick all right i think i'll use my college pick okay the oregon nike bright green top and helmet that they came out with like eight years ago or so oh uh so bright you couldn't even hardly watch them play on tv the oregon ducks the oregon ducks all yeah. right the that's oregon a good ducks. one that's a good one so you got another one uh, my other one hmm, would probably be probably be the michael jordan chicago bulls uh, when they had the white uniforms with the Ooh. red, but they had the, remember the red bull type logo thing that was famous on Space Jam, if I remember right. Uh, when they had Michael in his uniform there on Space Jam. That would probably oh, be, yeah. my, be my second one. That's classic, man. That's classic. All right. All right, I'm going to do, my second pick will be my college. This is, I think, the most classic college uniform. Some would say Alabama. I'm not saying it. Notre Dame fighting Irish, white jersey, blue, uh, gold pants, and that gold helmet. I think it's iconic. That that wasn't a white jersey. That was a white mesh. <laughs> white mesh. Like, you know, like the, the fishnet shirts. Oh, yeah. That's what that looked like. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. You, you see that one. You know exactly who it is. Yep. I love the gold helmets. I think that's the coolest thing. All right, Rob, you're back up here, top of the order. Dude, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything outside of. <laughs> well, you got NBA left, college, and. Yeah, I'm trying to What's think. the other one? Oh, NFL, which is your least favorite sport. I, I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. I'm trying to really. I'm going to have to hop on the Google for a second. The one thing that helps is collecting baseball and basketball cards growing up. So I'm trying to draw my memory back on those so if i do that i think i think they were 1980s jerseys okay they might they might have moved into the 90s some but yeah but they were like a powder blue this is my basketball jersey okay they were powder blue but it was the sacramento kings oh yeah jerseys yeah that's a good pick i only yeah. remember that because i remember um I think it was Kenny Smith that was doing the uh, dunk contest one time. Okay. And like I, I remember, his was when he played with the Kings. And I was, I, it sticks in my head, so that's what I'm going with. All right. You got another one. I got another one. Yeah. World. You're gonna. I was gonna say you're gonna take the Yankees, but you already took your baseball. I already took my baseball. <laughs> no, that I don't take that jersey if we're, if we're using it. Never mind. We're not going to go there. Um. All right, somebody, somebody give us some dialogue. I, I, I got to do some research here on this one. So you've got your basketball, you've got your baseball, you've got college left, and you have your NFL left, which I have a feeling you're going to leave NFL for last. No, I was actually trying to leave college for last. Yeah, because there's a lot of choices there. I mean, NFL, I just... Oregon's good because Oregon, Jaron, has like all these different colors, man. <laughs> they got the wildest colors. Yeah, bright too. I mean, now college, yes. If you're going to, uh, if we're going to talk about fields, we we all know which field you take on that one. The Boise State, oh, the blue, blue football blue field. Turf field. Yep. Um. Okay, I got I got one. I'm not an NFL fan, Jaron. Do you like the NFL? I don't keep up with it as much. So, all right. So you you have to tell me if I'm wrong on this, okay? Because I can't remember what era. I, I would say '80s or '90s. Um, 
I believe, orange peach looking jerseys. Oh man, that was going to be my NFL pick. Uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Yep. The creamsicle yep. uniform. Yes. Yep. Yes. Oh man, that was going to be my pick. But they had the white helmet. Yeah. And then they had the buccaneer the, with the sword or the dagger in his mouth, yeah. like a big feather hat. Oh, yep. man, um, that's a good pick. Yep. That, that, that's what I'll go with. That's what I'm pulling out right there. All right. Man, that was going to be my NFL pick. All right. College, I have no idea. My NFL pick is going to be the the Carolina Blue um houston oilers jersey <laughs> with the white helmet the oil rig on the helmet i love that jersey uh warren moon yeah warren moon i was trying to think of who played for them yeah so man but the buccaneers one was a good pick i like being in the middle of you guys because i get a second to think <laughs> <laughs> y'all have to rattle off two in a row <laughs> these are your last two picks jared last two so I got to be loyal to my Red Sox. Okay. Uh, they had on their away jerseys, they went to uh, the solid gray, but instead of the letters being red, they went to a navy blue with yep. the navy blue belt. So yep. uh, completely, you know, I guess I get against the, the normal expectation for the Red Sox because the lettering was always red. Uh, always red or always uh, the the darker color blue or black. So uh, the navy blue with the gray, I thought was probably one of my favorite Red Sox jerseys there. And then I'm trying to remember. So that leaves me with the NFL. Yeah. My the Miami Dolphins had a great running back. Was it Ricky Williams? Yeah, yeah. All right. So do you remember the? Uh, they had the. It wasn't as dark of an orange as what they sometimes are seeing now. It's kind of almost that peach color, like Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. But then you had the green turquoise mixed in there with the yeah. uh, with the Miami orange. So All that right. would probably be my. NFL jersey. I think that was definitely that was their road colors. It was uh, like a the main jersey was orange, right? Yep. 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 And then it had the green numbers on the back, yep. and it had some green stripes around the shoulder pads. Oh yeah, that's a good so, one. Uh, I remember that because I used to be a big Ricky Williams fan in his in his prime. He was he was the man. Yeah, maybe not his post football career. No, uh, no, no. That kind of <laughs> spiraled out of control. <laughs> play college for texas texas that's what it was he won the heisman yes yep. all right my last pick is baseball i'm down to two jerseys and i'm going to throw them out there since both of y'all have already picked baseball all right i'm down to the arizona diamondbacks like randy johnson jerseys with mm, the, the stripes one. and the purple sleeves or the light blue st louis cardinals jerseys yeah the Baby, powder blue powder blue uh, I'm down between those two. Since I've already taken the Oilers and it's powder blue, I, I'm going to go with the Randy Johnson. That's the right green choice. and white jersey. That's the uh, right choice. Uh, I don't know why, because those colors. You had Randy and Johnson and, uh, and Kurt Schilling both. Oh, yeah. That wore that jersey with Arizona. That's a good choice. Yep. The which jersey? The Arizona with what? The Diamondbacks with the, the white the white pinstripe jersey with the purple sleeves and the big yep. green yep. teal a yep. yeah that one's iconic that one's one everybody recognizes too yeah they should have never went away from them colors yeah the both yeah both, now they're the red and black yeah. you know kind of logo yeah. design and my, my other baseball jersey i was going to go with was the uh and i think they only wore them for a season is like the 19 is either 77 or 78 the Braves had like a reddish jersey where they had they had a powder blue but they also had um, a red jersey and it was like the v-neck hmm. too and it had Atlanta across of it but they had like the huh. is either I think red pants with the stripe oh that's cool it was like the old school 70s 
right, your last Se- pick. 70s baseball jerseys are probably some of the best jerseys. The, was that when the Astros had that, like – the Astros had that one. The orange, the, yellow, navy. Pittsburgh Steelers had the yellow jerseys with the black mm. black sides on it. Um, Phillies had some good jerseys back then. Phillies had some good jerseys. Baseball had some really good jerseys. Except for the I was going to say, did, did anybody <laughs> pick a Montreal Expos jersey? Oh, dude, That's man, that, that would have been a good one. Yeah. Montreal with the, powder, the baby blue, powder blue on that too. That was a good one. All right, what's your last uh, college? Uh, that's what I was saying. I, I honestly I cannot think, so I'm going to go with my alma mater. My favorite football jersey that they are currently sporting is obviously Liberty. Uh, yep. But they have the navy tops mm-hmm. with the red pants. And the white yep. but the, numbers. Well, but they got the red helmet. Oh, yeah. With the eagle head on the side of it. That's good. So, and not to mention, they are winning. They are. 5-0, baby. 5-0. Yeah. They are winning. So, all right, Jaron. We appreciate it, man. So it was good catching up, buddy. It was. Hey, I enjoyed thanks it, guys. for coming to be, being a part of us on Captain. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I've enjoyed spending time time with you guys. Miss you and hopefully we'll be able to get together again yep. sometime Let's get soon. Lunch soon. Yeah, we need to do it. Pat get 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 through COVID. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. But, well, hey, have I a good night, you bud. guys too. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you do and uh pray for you. Pray for the work and the ministry that God's continuing to use y'all in. And, uh, you know, you guys are uh, so gifted in, in what you do. And you've got a heart that loves your students and a heart that loves the Lord and his word. And you'll, you know, we'll never know. Y'all will never know just how much the Lord is using you to have an impact on those that you're pouring into week in and week out. Mm. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. All right. All right. All right. Well, hey, y'all have a good night. You too, Jaron. Yeah. Appreciate you, buddy. it, buddy. Yeah, we'll get together soon. See ya. See ya. Again, special shout out to our buddy Jaron Street. We appreciate him coming on. Yes. I mean, it was a good episode. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. I know we had some issues along the way, but we made it through it. Thank you for making it all the way through this episode. Uh, I'm going to say this, and I say this every time. Well, I try to. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review. And if you leave us a review and in that review, you ask a question, we'll shout you out. We'll try to answer your question on the next episode. So leave us a review and ask a question. Some of y'all have been sending in questions to the Instagram or Facebook. Leave us a review. But man, I'm excited about the next episode. It's going to be a good one. It is. It's going to be something that y'all are going to be highly anticipating. Not highly anticipating, but you're, you're going to enjoy it it's gonna be a different discussion because it is we're gonna be closing out pastor appreciation month and we kind of talked about it in the episode with jaron but we are going to be talking about our wives and as rob said our better halves yes so we i I wish we could get them to come on with us that that would just be really amazing we're trying but it's okay we we want to give them a shout out next week uh because Pastor Appreciation Month would not be possible without without them. Um, no, there's no way that I could do what I do. I know, Kyle, you couldn't do anything of what you do without without Emily. So, Jana and Emily, if y'all are listening to this right now, you know we're going to talk about you next week. But know that it's all going to be all good. Mm-hmm. And we love y'all and are so thankful for both of you. And I'm, I'm just glad you're in my life. So, y- y'all keep us. If you're listening, we love you too, the, our our loyal listeners. Which yes. we picked up a listener in Puerto Rico. We did. I know. So thank you. That's uh, that's crazy to me, but yeah, we appreciate y'all listening. The, the appreciate our wives person, more though. The lone person in Puerto Rico. So thank you. So all right, guys. Until next time. Keep it caffeinated, friends.